Did you hear that? What? Okay, you know what? That's really weird, and I'm glad they did that. So, you guys, for those of you not listening <laughs> to what we just heard, it was telling us that this is being recorded, and I'm so glad they did that because I've had work meetings where we were being recorded, and nobody ever mentioned it or said anything about it. Like, hey, we're gonna record you guys, um, and then this one girl one time said, "Hey, um, I didn't know this was being recorded. Where will we be able to watch this footage?" And they were really sus about it, and that girl ended up quitting. Cool. I'm sure that was a completely kosher situation. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, it may have just started recording. It's showing the meeting has been open for three minutes, but we may not have gotten that first part, but it's fine. There was really, it was just us being like, hi. Also, your necklaces and top are fucking cute. Can't even handle it. I got this top. Look, look. <gasps> oh my God. I love it. Oh my God. It's like so crappy. And, oh. Yeah. I, I got a $50 gift card to Marshall's from work um, because it's the appreciation month for my field. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fun. I was just looking at um, Nordstrom Rack, which is basically oh, just like, yeah. So uh, I'm looking at getting like, jumpsuits and like faux wrap like things because I feel that's a bit professional yet still very comfy and I don't want to wear skirts because where I work that's just not a good idea um no I've worked in the place that you work in and I would wear skirts every day to work and I would always feel a little bit iffy about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah no I learned pretty early on like right after I started working once I bumped up a level and I would wear skirts. It was just like, this is not fucking worth it. Also, it invites attention. Like, I don't understand what about a skirt invites attention more than pants, but it's like, you know what? Don't, don't fucking look at my legs. Anyway. You're right. It's, it's so annoying, but that is the struggle. That's the cross we have to bear, I it, guess. It is. And the thing is, is that I'm so fucking excited because at least once I go to a different job, I will be able to wear my nice fancy clothing again because the job I currently work at is just not a good idea either. So yeah, makes sense. Working bitch problems. Anyway, this is Saturday Night High and uh, I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. Oh wait, this is Saturday Night High. It's the podcast where, yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. I'm Gilda, that's Steph. We both get high and talk about Saturday Night Live. That's yes, the this is the thing here. that we do when we're not working our jobs. We are both professional women, but also <laughs> we like to smoke weed and watch SNL. We just watched season 46, episode 19 aired. I, I, I don't even know what the day was yesterday. Uh, the- it was May 15th, 2021. It was hosted by Keegan-Michael Key, and the musical guest was Olivia Rodrigo. I have been getting really into Olivia Rodrigo. Like just literally yesterday, I heard her new song. I heard Good For You for mm-hmm. the first time um, before watching the episode. And I was already bumping to it and ready to bump to it when she sang it. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I was super fucking really pumped for last night to the point where I kept having to remind myself to um kind of temper my expectations because like while I was nervously excited for Elon Musk's episode last night I was like so excited about the possibilities it was like okay you're setting the bar incredibly high yeah but I think they met they met I enjoyed this episode a lot mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know I, it was Colin Joe's 150th episode is weekend update anchor oh and it was also the 100th episode for Alex Moffat Melissa Villasenor head writer Anna Dresden, film unit director Paul Briganti, and associate photographer Rosalind O'Connor. Wow, happy anniversary. Right? Like that, it was just like kind of a big night for everyone last night. It was like, oh, it's Alex Moffat's 100th show. Maybe he won't leave this year. So last night after the episode aired, I put up a poll on Twitter asking what people thought about the episode. Uh, And there were 40 total votes with 62% of you saying you loved it, 30% saying meh, and 7.5 of you liked the response saying Anya Taylor Joy, please. <laughs> the cold open. Yeah, it was uh, 
the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Why did I say diseases like that? Um, Dr. Fauci, Kate, had a little segment where some CDC employees who had minored in theater did sketches <laughs> related to the concept of, do I have to wear a mask or not? Which at first, okay, so again, I work in a profession where, fine, I'm fully vaxxed. I am not as concerned, although apparently like a bunch of Yankees and sportsmen are like testing positive for COVID post getting vaccinated. So like, that's a little shady, but I suppose if you test positive and you're asymptomatic, like, I, I guess I don't care if the vaccine works and keeps me healthy, like, as long as they don't end up in the hospital. But well, that's all the vaccine really can guarantee you is you don't go to the hospital. Well, I, I right, like. I get that. I just, as someone who works in a place where I deal with the general public on a semi-regular basis, people lying about their vax status so they can not wear masks, fuck, masks fucking terrifies me. Like, we all know someone that's going to do that. You really hate to hear it. Yep. So anyway, yeah, it was, uh, this was written by... Oh, fuck. I had this tab pulled up before. Here we go. This was written by Colin Jost and Gary Richardson. And there were like 15 cast members in this sketch. It would be easier to list the people that weren't in it. So we're just going to say it was written by them with assorted cast. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought A.D. Bryant's line about working in a bar, and he's like, well, I'm coming, uh, I can't remember who the fuck it was, maybe Beck Bennett saying, well, I'm coming into a bar at 11. Uh, you know, this well, is you on think? you. <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah, what'd you think? She's like, you're right. I deserve COVID. It's like Her delivery God. on that was so great. I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel sometimes at work. Like, oh yeah, I guess I do fucking, yeah, here I am. I had to go into work today, so it's on me. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit between Ego Nodom and Bo and Yang where they were on a plane she was the stewardess and it basically ended with them having sex on the plane yeah and Dr. Fauci was like okay so the lesson there shouldn't have been everybody horny now that was actually <laughs> yeah, kind of that, what is true yeah um I've I've been addicted to the gym recently I've been going for an hour a day I'm also wow. trying, yeah, I've been going for an hour a day and I'm doing this random inter intermittent fasting thing that John Lovett swears by. And it's like, you eat between 12 and six and you don't eat from 6 p.m. to 12 p.m. and you continue with your regular workout. And it like, it's like your body, instead of burning the food, burns the fat. I swear, it, it sounds like sanctioned anorexia, but it's like <laughs> legit, it's fine. Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It sounds like a bunch of labels for an eating disorder. Yeah, it, it does sound like a bunch of labels for an eating disorder. That's but every Mama's, diet. I mean, it's every diet and mama's losing weight. So mama don't care. That's like, great. This is my last hot girl summer and I am taking advantage of it. It's, so. It doesn't have to be your last. It really doesn't. Hot girl summer is eternal. <laughs> okay. Right, um, you know. Yeah. Sense. I thought the I thought the delivery but with everyone during this sketch it was like very stilted amateur actor like it was just funny where Bon Yang he's like I need a drink I'm a businessman I need to relax from business and it was just like so stilted and he's like do you want to bang and Ego Nodum's delivery of yes king I, whatever the hell they do like they propose to each other at the end of the show their antics are fucking hilarious and I'm here for it I yeah. cannot wait to see them more it was hilarious there was the young couple who started dating during the pandemic and he takes off his mask and has this weird chin strap sword I don't know what the hell you would call it I don't know what facial hair I don't know what all their names are but it was ugly it was like, um, oh, I just got a text from Dumois. Apparently the Jonas Brothers are dropping a single this summer. That is not yes. gossip. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see we both had very different reactions to that. Um, so yeah, I- uh, That's a hot girl summer anthem, I'm telling you. <laughs> okay, I suppose. Um, I, yeah, there was Andrew Dismukes. It was like a pencil mustache with like a goatee, but the go entire goatee was like fucking thin and it looked creepy. Andrew Dismukes had a fucking good show tonight. He did. He, he kind of, I, I think tonight was not his make or break tonight. Last night was not his make or 
break, but kind of like he just kind of ensured he gets signed for another season. He had a weekend update spot. It was great, really. Proud of him. Um, Chloe Feynman was the girlfriend though, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I don't like this look." So he tells her to put the mask on her eyes, and then she says, "Oh my gosh, she looks like a blue man now." And the, at that point, Kyle Mooney ran on and delivered this little like blue man. He was like, "Oh, cut to you're in a. I don't know exactly what he said, but it was just he was like, you're in an apartment with a blue man and he's drumming, and you're like, hey, can you quiet down? And I'm like, that didn't. What the fuck? Um, I thought that was hilarious. That's like my kind of humor. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed Alex Moffat and Cecily Strong's. We're outside. We don't have to wear a mask. Why? We're outside the Capitol. Cecily Strong pulls out a gun and she's like, let's get him. And Alex Moffat throws out a mega hat with like a mullet attached to it. Oh my God. I, that was hilarious. It was amazing. It was. At first I was so confused. I was like, why is Cecily Strong wearing an American flag scarf right now? Mm-hmm. But then when she said that, it all clicked. I, I, I was very, I was like, that is not like her, but... <laughs> That's really all for that cold open, right? I don't know. That's all yeah. I had. Oh, there was a there was one of the sketches. It was like a nightmare math situation. It was like three of us have been half vaccinated. How, what order do we mask up in? One of us is a baby, right? And then they all like turn around and do this weird musical musical chairs turnaround thing. And I can't remember if it was. Uh, I can't remember if I think it was this where. Uh, Dr. Fauci Kate was like, uh, I don't know what that was trying to convey. And it left me with more questions than answers. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. Also, wait, was that the one where then somebody was like, now let's talk about Israel? Yeah. Uh, no, that was the following one where they were like, we're, we're showing what summer is going to look like. And it was four people dancing. And then, yeah. They- Oh, we should not talk about Israel on this podcast. I have lots of thoughts. Anyway. Yeah, um, that was SNL's only mention of that, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, and I both think that's a good thing and a bad thing. I think they probably could have called it out a bit more on Weekend Update. That being said, it's really fucking depressing. We're watching like a genocide happen in real time. And I understand why that's not, why you don't try to find humor in that. So I'm also okay that they stayed away from it. Like, you know. Yeah, during Wicked Update, I was like, hmm, what is about to happen? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and then we went into Keegan-Michael Key's monologue. The monologue was written by Dan Bulla, Will Steven, and Kent Sublet, which, oh my God, this, he has said it was his dream that he's like, this is a bucket list item for him. And he was talking about how he used to sneak downstairs and watch SNL when he was little. And I do think he actually got choked up there. Like it seemed like he had like his eyes where he's like, oh my God, like this is happening. Then he made a joke about how, you know, he would have been too busy stealing your wallet to notice. But I, it was just like kind of the deconstruction of like everything that can possibly happen during a monologue. Like the only thing they didn't do was a walk and talk. Like it was- Singing, dancing, question and answer. I, I like it. Got a tattoo it. Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it wasn't the most complex, but it was cute. And I thought it was a good way to kick off the show and kind of it set the tone. It set the vibe for it. So. Yeah, it did. He was also uh, dressed fucking fancy. Yeah, he had this tux on and then he did a costume change into the same exact tux because it was nice. Uh, yeah, I really didn't have too much more to say about the monologue other than, yeah, it was cute. I was happy for him. And it was like, all right, let's do this. So, yeah. Then we went into the first sketch of the night, which was the Braxton High prom red carpet. Uh, this was written by Fran Gillespie and Sooty Green. This featured Bowen Yang and Heidi Gardner hosting this sort of prom night. It was like prom night red carpet. Yeah, a TV show sort of little spot. And there was the super senior played by Keegan Michael Key. And then <laughs> they just went through all the different couples and groups that, that were there. And uh, there was a joke about like Chloe Feynman and Kyle Mooney dating, where she is way out of his league and doesn't make any sense. And then he was like, oh, well, it's because she's homeschooled. She doesn't know how hot she is. And she's, turns out to be part of this crazy religion which I thought was like a little bit pointed 
that they would have her character be that. I, I also, I also kind of was like, oh, that was an interesting fucking choice. I don't know if that was like a sly mention to like, okay, I know this is crazy and I'm only still quote unquote in it because of my family. But also then we go back to like the operating Thetan levels. And then here we are again. Um, I did think it was funny when Bowen Yang was like, oh, is she, um, what was it? It was something or crazy religious. And she's like, oh no, it's nothing crazy. Our Bible is eight pages long and it was written by my uncle. And that line, I, it was just, the delivery was so good. And it was the last thing I expected, especially like you said, from her. So. Right. Yeah. She did a good job with that a little bit. Um, the other thing that made me laugh was Ego Nodom was wearing this like two piece prom dress which, first of all, those are so popular, but they are fully just cultural appropriation of South Asian fashion. Um, but so many girls wear them. Uh, and she, so her question was about what was going on with her outfit. And she said, I don't have a mom, so no one's honest with me, which <laughs> made me laugh so fucking hard. That's literally how I feel sometimes. Y'all, dead mom squad, you know how I feel. <laughs> no one's honest with you. <laughs> kind of nice though (laughs) oh my god um sorry just your casual utterance of dead mom squat just absolutely (laughs) made me lose it um yeah there were two dorks who bang uh there was (laughs) that that was the group that i was in high school unfortunately (laughs) i i was in the dorks who didn't bang oh anyway uh yeah uh there was stay pure by doing hand stuff which I thought it was funny, but um, Steve lost it at because Steve grew up in a very conservative household and apparently got that speech a few times from his father, like, quote unquote, you can check under the hood, but don't, uh, you can check under the hood, but don't test the oil or something. Like, yeah, I, I don't fucking know. Oh. But yeah, stay pure by doing hand stuff really resonated with Steve. So kind of resonated with me too, but not really. <laughs> I, I I was gonna say I, I kind of just went like it's like we just passed the hand stuff. Um, <laughs> once I start like once once I kissed, I was like, okay, I'm having sex before marriage. It's been decided. <laughs> understand people are like oh you know like it was a big fucking scandal when steve and i got an apartment together um and it uh it's like okay you know what if i'm gonna buy a pair of shoes i'm going to try them out before i buy them i want to make sure i like them like the same thing applies to relationships i'm not having someone lock it down before i know if we're compatible in every aspect um but yeah I, uh, that was pretty much it for the prom. Well, there's also one bit that resonated with me. Um, the hot sub who's 23 years old. Yeah. And it was Pete Davidson. Literally that did happen in my school when I was like a junior senior. Uh, he doesn't work there anymore, but he was a creep. So. That happened in my school too, twice. Yikes. Yeah. And I think they're still married. (gasps) Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was bad. Um, yeah. Actually, technically it happened three times, but we only found out about one of them a few years ago when he was arrested. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, Melissa Villasenor played the girl that got like super unfortunately tan right before prom and looked like a little Oompa Loompa. And it was, I think Bowen Yang had the line, are you afraid this is cultural appropriation or something of the sort he said, I, I, he said are you afraid this is a hate crime <laughs> oh okay are you afraid this is a- <laughs> um yeah that's that was amazing um yes. and that was pretty much it for that sketch it wasn't my favorite but it did kind of recognize you know each group of kids you see at prom and the stereotypes and stuff but it was actually just more true than stereotypes so you know <laughs> yeah the next sketch was an ESPN Michael Jordan documentary. The Last Dance. It was written by Heidi Gardner and Streeter Seidel. Keegan-Michael Key 
played Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Red portrayed Dennis Rodman. Keenan portrayed Charles Barkley. And Heidi Gardner portrayed Michael Jordan's security guard. Hang on. Michael Jordan's security guard, who I think he actually just died earlier this year. Um, uh, maybe January of 2020. I don't know. Anyway, it was John Michael Wozniak. And so there was a scene in The Last Dance, which is like a 10 hour long Michael Jordan documentary that like covered his career and his gambling. And then the last, the last championship he had with the Bulls. I don't know. But this scene was a quote unquote cut scene. Uh, or extra footage they had from the scene that aired in The Last Dance. And it was Michael Jordan gambling with his head of security. And apparently in the documentary, this guy wins. And I guess Michael Jordan got into him for like $50,000. And like the head of security was like, nope, we're not gambling anymore. Cause he gave the 50,000 to his kid for a down payment on a house. And Michael Jordan showed up at the head of security's house trying to be like, yo, we can make another bet. I have to win. Like Michael Jordan had some severe gambling problems. Do you know about this? Well, I don't really know much about Michael Jordan, period. Okay. So Michael Jordan had, he was like millions of dollars in gambling debt. And his father, they said it was unrelated, but his father was shot and killed in a parking lot outside of a motel one night while Michael Jordan was playing in the NBA. And Michael Jordan then quote unquote retired because he said, my dad never missed one of my games. And I want, he was at my, he was at the last game I played and I don't want to play a game without him on the sidelines. So he retired. Then he went and played baseball for a year and then came back to the NBA. But the theory behind this is that the NBA had reprimanded Michael Jordan for gambling before. And it got to the point where it was so bad that they suspended him for a year. And so he went to play baseball. So no one really knows if that's the case. And to be completely fair, I have not watched The Last Dance. But um, yeah, so while I thought the sketch was funny in that it was portraying like, you know, them gambling and throwing quarters against the wall and you had to throw the quarter and get it closest to the wall. It's like the stakes got higher and higher. They wanted Heidi Gardner's pants and then they were like yo you gotta flash us and then it was like a night with your wife and I'm like okay this is funny but Michael Jordan had a problem so like what are we doing here yeah okay I didn't know anything about Michael Jordan including the fact that he played baseball for a year that's news to me to be quite honest (laughs) um (laughs) but he wasn't very good at it no no I know that and also the punchline was literally just Heidi Gardner's character being like you have a problem that's that's interesting that that's interesting (laughs) so overall again I thought it was funny and I thought the portrayals were really well done like it was the impressions were perfect but the overall theme or the overall like the underlying overall the underlying like the undercurrent of Michael Jordan's gambling addiction it that kind of just made the sketch feel icky and I can appreciate it for what it was but not my not didn't really hit for me yeah it hit for me since all that I really know about Michael Jordan is like um there's the shoes there's I think he was he in a a movie he was like in a movie I think and then he was he played basketball Uh, (laughs) space jam that's what it was he was in a movie yeah space jam 2 is coming out with lebron and i am like not a looney tunes person but i am weirdly pumped for this oh my gosh so yeah speaking of Um, looney tunes yeah we have some of my favorites the muppets in the next sketch it was disney plus the muppet show with guest lily tomlin i was so hype about that whole just premise yeah, Melissa Villasenor, her Lily Tomlin was 
so well done. And it was such a fucking cool callback because as we know, Lily Tomlin performed with the Muppets on, well, both of her times hosting SNL in seasons one and two. And if you're interested, you can go check out our coverage of that. We have them just search us and Lily Tomlin. I don't know what episodes they were. Early season one and early season two. Um, The early season one and two Muppets content is also great, you guys. Jim Henson was involved and the Muppets were horny. It was great. Um, But these Muppets weren't horny. These were just regular in character. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's like Statler and and Waldorf. Um, The the hecklers. Statler and Waldorf. Yeah. (laughs) And so they were heckling Lily Tomlin and Kermit. So then the security comes in. Security is... Uh, Security was Kenan Thompson and Keegan-Michael Key. And... I don't know, but everyone, both of them had a hard time not breaking during this sketch. They were like trying to hide their mouths and like, that was adorable in and of itself. You could just tell they were having fun. Yeah, I love to see it. And I love to see them breaking with the fucking Muppets. Like that was hilarious. They yeah. were just sort of yelling at them. Uh, <laughs> first, Keegan was like, you know, this little dragon and his friends. <laughs> They, they deserve your respect and he was doing his job because he just worked at the venue you know <laughs> he goes sorry for the interruption Kramer uh, I think it was Keegan Michael Key kept calling him Kramer oh my god at the end he was like Kramer you're stupid so I mean the premise of this is you know they're they're very they're like hey you can't heckle so Keegan Michael Key they go up there he and Keenan go up there to talk about uh talk to Waldorf and Statler and Waldorf or whatever about their heckling and King of Michael Key ends up beating up uh, Statler and um, then he comes back up and his like eyes are swollen shut and at that point Keenan Thompson is just like trying not to like just absolutely audibly break as the, the Muppet is writhing in pain yes. <laughs> So Keegan goes to get water and Keenan Thompson's talking with the two guys. And then um, Waldorf says something to insult Keenan and Keenan beats up Waldorf. And then it was just, it was, they, they were like, all right, we're throwing you out. And they pick him up and they're like, oh, oh shit. We didn't realize you didn't have legs. They're like, we're sorry. Thank you for your service. We didn't know you were veterans. And it was like, oh fuck. And then they were like, you should really try heckling. It's fun. And they try it and it was, yeah, it was, they were like, that's actually kind of fun. That's great. So yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, them heckling was honestly a highlight for me. This might have been my favorite of the night. This is a good one. Oh. And, oh shit, uh, the, this one was written by Dan Bola, Stephen Castillo, Mikey Day, and Gary Richardson. Yeah, so then we had this sketch that took place at TGI Fridays, and it was, it was, whose birthday was it? It was Keenan. Keenan, yeah. Keenan, because Keegan played DJ Balls, and Cecily Strong played her recurring character, Gemma. How could I forget Darius John Balls? <laughs> Gemma and DJ Balls was written by Gary Richardson and Kent Sublet. Um, yeah, his wife left him. So sad, sad TGI Friday's birthday vibes. But the musical talent was singing all these songs about him and his wife and their love. And it was just the most ridiculous performance yeah it was it was too much it was like I guess DJ Balls and uh Keenan's Keenan met at a pickup artist workshop and I was like okay that's just fucking gross I thought Um, they met at a porn producer's workshop I thought it was I thought the porn producer was the cut for time um oh wait oh yeah with Bo and Yang yeah yeah. Sorry, I, 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 sorry. I was just like, wait a minute. And I was like, fuck, isn't that too different? They both took place at bars. <laughs> Got a little bit scrambled up there for a second. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't really a standout sketch. It was just 
uh, Keegan and Cecily on stage talking about how Keenan had a boner and he couldn't stand up to dance. And he's like, no, 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 that's not true. And then at the end, Keenan's wife is like, I'm so sorry, I made a mistake. I'll be at home waiting for you. And everyone's like, hey, let's get up and dance. And they all do. And Keenan's like, no, nah, I got to wait a second. And it's like, you did have a boner, sir. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> and the, the whole time they were singing this song that was like, about being vaccinated. <laughs> it was like, stick it in me, prick it in me, stick it in me, prick it in me. Okay, yes, that was funny. That was hilarious. But the re- it was like, mm, Although I do think um, we saw Cecily highlighted tonight a bit. And I think they've kind of been highlighting a cast member each time that will, I, I think they're kind of hinting as to who's leaving. So I really feel like next week, Kate McKinnon is just going to be highlighted as fuck. Damn. Yeah. Cecily, this character, she was, she was Jenna and she was British and that was her character. And it was a typical character. Um, and then next we had the first performance by Olivia Rodrigo. She performed driver's license. Um, my God, I, she has a voice. Is she, I don't know if she's Gen Z's Taylor or if she's even Gen Z or is she something beneath that? No, she's 18. She should be Gen Z. She's 18. Yeah. She, I think she's honestly like, she reminds me of Miley Cyrus. I was just thinking about this because you have the Miley, Nick Demi stuff. And then you have Joshua Bassett, Olivia, Olivia Rodrigo and um, Sabrina Carpenter. And it's all Disney. I feel, I low-key feel like this is just a bit of a conspiracy, but I feel like it's all just publicity. I don't know how close these people were actually together or if they all just worked on the same, you know, whatever. And now all their publicists are pulling strings, but it's doing really well for her music career. Yeah. I mean, Reddit and Dumois seem to think that there actually was something because apparently high school musical, the show, the series or the series, the show or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Oh, nice. Um, I guess they had to like rewrite stuff after they broke up. Olivia Rodrigo was like a mess on set and kept having her like makeup team had to keep coming in and like, you know, I, I tend to think that she is singing from the heart. It does seem like she's singing from the heart. I will say that. Yeah. It's like, I tend to think that there's, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire. And even if it's not as dramatic as people seem to think, it does seem like there was something that happened. And I mean, they're teenagers. I remember when I was like 17 and heartbroken, like it felt like the end of the world. So, you know, part of me, like I listen to this song and I laugh and she's like, how am I ever going to love again? And I'm like, bitch, you are going to be fine. Like <laughs> it's, and uh, the thing is, is that like, I was once that it's like, oh my God, no. Exactly. Like, I, it's, it's like, I get it. But I guess looking at it with some distance, it's like, oh honey, that's cute. I know. Yeah. That's why I love her, her music and why I think she's so good and so relatable like I listened to her and it's exactly how I felt with my high school boyfriend and I just have been there with all of it like oh my god that line she has in her new song like that therapist that I got you oh shit sis like it's just all so great um I really am a big fan of her I'm a fan of her as well and Rob Sheffield who is one of my favorite writers he writes for Rolling Stone um he wrote a piece about how she's like the next generation of pop star. And like, this is the generation that has grown up only knowing Taylor Swift as an artist. And like, it's a different type of songwriting. And there's a line in one of her songs about like someone playing piano and she doesn't know that I taught you Billy Joel and like mocking. It's like, oh fuck, like this is right up my goddamn alley. Like also Billy Joel will forever be the fucking coolest. I'm sorry. Like I, I went through a phase and this is kind of when Billy Joel had fallen off the wagon a bit and whatnot, where it was just like, his shows weren't that great, but Billy Joel got good again. (laughs) Billy Joel, I was in, I was visiting St. Louis when Billy Joel was about to come to like one of their big music venues. And I was driving a car a lot just to, you know, go around and visit places. And he was always on the radio. It was so fucking funny. I was like, oh, here we go again with Billy Joel. But I, I love it. Um, yeah, she does have a line about showing uh, this guy, Uptown Girl, and mm-hmm. now he's playing it for this other girl. Ugh, it's so great. I 
yeah billy joel shows are just a fucking party and i i I honestly i love lots of other artists but the thing that i did not see coming was billy joel's music getting me through the pandemic like that is not yeah like that is not something i saw coming but i just like really rediscovered his music and i don't know if it's because you know that just reminds me of like a simpler much happier time in life like but yeah so that was corner oh billy joel yeah no um okay so yeah and then we went into the weekend update which they i just it's no holds barred at this point i'm like excited and also low-key terrified for next week's weekend update because i feel like if it's their last if it's che and joe's last episode together i i really feel like they're gonna go nuclear um yeah, we better get some of those joke swaps. Oh, we fucking better. I hope the whole damn thing is a joke swap. Okay, so we can update. <laughs> Starts off, and they were just talking about, you know, the break of news in the street, no more masks. Uh, I don't know who it was. I want to say it was Michael Che made a joke about Joe Biden saying, take off your mask and smile, being an example of workplace harassment. Sort of. I think it was I think it was Colin Jost. Might have been Colin Jost. Yeah, I thought uh Colin Jost saying Mitch McConnell pictured here watching a poor family get evicted on Christmas Eve. And it was like Mitch McConnell with like double thumbs up or something and the creepiest smile. I fucking hate that bastard. Um wait, sorry. Um now I'm just gonna interrupt and talk some more about things that aren't even related. You know the game True American on New Girl? Yes. So my friends and I play it, and that's why I was so wrecked. Just because when I play, I get so wrecked. Um, and we make up some of our own rules because you know you gotta. One of the rules we have is called Mitch McConnell, and if you Mitch McConnell someone, you need to squat down because he's a piece of shit, and you have to <laughs> get to your next space without touching the floor because the floor is lava. You have to do that squatted down. Hey. So yeah, that's my fun I, True American rule. I've only played True American with an ex of mine. He really loved New Girl and got me into the show. And we would just play it by ourselves and it would just turn into sex. So it's fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, two people. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it was pretty much, it, yeah. God, I, I laugh at like, looking at that I'm like oh my god that was x amount of years ago and also I was fucking nuts like I yeah. look at baby me and some of the dates I went on and I'm like oh no honey what is you doing Same. Like, oh. literally what, what is you doing oh no honey but also if we're talking about new girl you guys my life is I, I've had a new girl moment <laughs> y'all like for some context I think I want to say I guess I have to be I guess I am Jess and Beck is Nick. I guess I'm not Nick, but I kind of am Nick in a lot of ways. I've related to quite a few people on New Girl. I am Winston with pranks either being minor or you hit her in the face with a hockey stick. How is that funny? Like, you, you know, I, yeah, I, 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 it's, I am all or nothing. I am Nick. I am Jess. I am Winston. It is a whole ass problem oh yeah um, a little bit of schmidt in there oh yeah <laughs> um yeah <laughs> but yeah this weekend update god uh they were talking about vaccines and how pfizer and moderna protect against variants and got you guys johnson and johnson's trying really hard <laughs> i i laughed out loud at that and then there was a joke about how Microsoft announced they've made the smallest and most powerful microchip. And Colin just was like, guys, not now. And it was like, oh my God, yes. Like really, truly, you could have waited six fucking months. Seriously, the timing is horrible and scary. Yep. Uh, Kate McKinnon portrayed Liz Cheney, which was predictable and funny. Michael Che had a killer line saying, you know, I never thought I'd see the day where I felt bad for Liz Cheney. Yep, nope, I don't. <laughs> that was great. I loved that so much. Uh, I, I liked Kate McKinnon's Liz Cheney. Really, she 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 pulls through on like conservatives, which were leaving her high and dry. 
Um, there was a joke about Jeff Bezos building a $500 million yacht, which why? Why do you need a boat worth $500 million? Can I have like 50K to pay off some shit, please, Jeff Bezos? Like, come the fuck up. Student debt is crushing me. I want to fight him. And yeah. then the joke was that Elon Musk was building a $600 million iceberg, which, okay, that's funny. Um, that was so great, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> it just Mukes had his little um, spa. It was so cute. He came on to talk about his great grandma. Uh, I learned a lot about him, actually. Right? He's from Texas. He had a little bit of a drawl. Do you know that he's fucking worked at SNL since he was like 21, 22 years old? Wait, how old is he now? I thought he was like 20. No, he's like 25. He's oh. worked there since 2017. What did he work there as? A writer. A writer? Wait, since he was 21? Okay, so he was born in June of 95. He's been a writer since 2017 and a featured player as of this year. So if he's been a writer since 2017, that means he was, yeah, 21, 22 when he got hired and he's 25, he'll be 26 in June. I'm going to freak out. <laughs> right? Okay. Oh, you don't get to freak out. You are. No, no. You are in the same fucking ballpark age range as him. You don't get to freak out. <laughs> when I hear someone started as a writer at 21 on SNL, I get to freak out. My life has passed me by. Um, no. Oh my gosh. It's just beginning. No. I know. I know. I'm just going through midlife crises or life crises right now. We've discussed this before. Um, <laughs> that eternal crisis, you know how it is. Well, honestly, I think it will subside once I hit said milestone, but until then I'm just kind of in a, oh no. Okay. This is happening. Oh fuck. God damn dread. it. This is old. Yeah. It's just kind of, kind of be dread for the next however many months. Fuck. Um, no, there was a joke that Michael Che had, um, they had a few about Uncle Ben changing its name. And he's like, yeah, I don't think uncle was the problem. And he's right. Um, oh, but Andrew Dismuke, sorry. His um, his bit, I, that was a breakout moment for him. He's going to blow the fuck up. And I would not be surprised to see him in quite a few things next week. I mean, maybe not if they're sending off people, they will highlight those. But I laughed so hard during this. A, he was dressed like early Mulaney. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's kind of fucking adorable. Um, but he's just talking like he, I don't know, his deadpan humor was great. He's like, I'm from Texas. And it was silent. He's like, yep, okay. And Colin Jost just fucking lost it. Colin Jost was laughing at, at his jokes. Yeah. I really, I thought that, I mean, even, I, I thought the jokes were funny, but even if they weren't, I thought that was like such a nice confidence booster. Like you have someone sitting right there laughing so hard, but the audience was fucking loving it. I can't wait to see more of him. And honestly, I'd love to see him as a Weekend Update co-anchor. Oh my God. I'd be fine with that. I could see that. This little bit right here made me excited for him next season and what we're going to mm -hmm. see from him. And I liked, you know, he had his little Fraser line and you could tell he did think that that was going to do better than it did. But then a little bit later, he said <laughs> he made a little joke about it. And that was great. I think that worked out really well for him. Yeah, no, he was because uh, they finally got to his grandmother and Colin Jost is like, oh, good. You finally started talking about the thing you're supposed to be out here talking about. And he's like, hey, man, my Fraser bit, it killed. And everyone just laughed at how sarcastic, like the sarcasm was dripping and I loved it. Um, so yeah, I, there were a few other random, oh God, uh, there was a joke about someone feeding the birds and it was like about death and the audience was just like, oh, Michael Chase, like, yeah, I don't know why I thought that would make you laugh. And it's true. It's like, buddy, that wasn't a joke. Yeah. Right. No, the, the joke was that like people feel the need to feed birds because their wife passed away i was like oh my god i can't believe i just told my dad he should watch this episode <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but my dad doesn't Your dad feed, feed birds birds no he oh. doesn't fucking do that shit he he fucks bitches <laughs> don't feed birds fuck bitches yeah um okay he feeds another kind of bird Ooh. Oh my God, no. Um, yeah, 
Beck Bennett portrayed Bob Baffert, who was the owner of the horse that won the Kentucky Derby and the horse was on steroids and the owner was like, maybe there a stable worker on steroids peed in the hay. And then the horse ate the hay and that's how it came up in the test. And everyone's like, yeah, okay, you put steroids on your horse. Um, I think they did eventually say, oh, it was some kind of cream that had a steroid in it. And technically it was, I, I don't fucking know. It was shady as hell. Beck Bennett did a great goddamn job. He did. He was hilarious as that. Um, he kept saying, oh, you know, it's, it's horse stuff. It's really intense. Then Olivia Rodrigo had her second performance and this was good for you. Her new song. This was my third time hearing this song. And I think it does take about three times for me to really get into her music. So that was perfect. At this point, I was like ready to fucking jam out along with her and her cool little plaid outfit. Oh my God. That was the fucking coolest. It was like, a two-part, a two-piece jumpsuit, but it was also corsety and but baggy in the pants. Oh my god! Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was fucking incredible. I I would wear something like that for sure. That's what got me googling North for Rack. It was like work-appropriate jumpsuits. Yeah, it was literally. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I loved it. Although I will say I do prefer the unedited versions of her songs because my god, that girl knows how to use swearing to punctuate like. Because it's like, you know, it's at the end of the bridge in driver's license. It's because I still fucking love you, babe. Yeah, um, I'm not a singer. I will cut that. But um, but yeah, no, I love that she swears in her songs. Because I feel like, I don't know, I could be just making shit up and just talking on my ass. But like with Miley Cyrus at her age, I don't think her music had swears in it. Like I'm pretty sure she was doing Party in the USA, you know? Yeah, no, she was. Um... Uh, yeah, and he, I mean, even Taylor Swift did not uh, release. Definitely not Taylor Swift. Th- no, I think the first album that had a swear on it was Reputation, and it was shit. And then Lover may have had something, but I don't know. And Folklore and Evermore definitely had swear words, because that was like, oh, Taylor Swift said fuck. It was a big fucking deal. Huh? Um, th- she wanted to have there's a 10 minute version of all too well that apparently has fuck multiple times and i i'm very excited for the red re-release yeah no she wanted to they wanted to release it but her people were like oh no that'll tarnish your image if you're swearing when you're fucking 23 it's like what 23 year old doesn't swear right yeah i'm glad that olivia rodrigo is able to swear in her songs like when she was 17 it's just more honest with it is yeah um the next sketch was Kennedy Center honors honoring George Gershwin. It was Cecily Strong and Kate McKinnon as two elderly Broadway stars, and they were old and forgetful, and they couldn't remember the lyrics, and they kept asking Mikey Day for the lines. And I'm like, okay, this is funny, but also didn't totally hit with me <laughs> for reasons that, you know. Wait, I have no clue what you're talking about. What? Oh, yeah. I, I'm like 90% sure I'm not imagining this. Hang on. I, I went, for me, it goes Olivia Rodrigo, high school graduation. Okay, yeah, maybe it's not. Hang on. I watched it on Hulu because Peacock has made it so that way you can't watch the most recent episode unless you're a premium member, which is fucked up. That is fucked up. What? So this was a whole, this is, you're telling me this is a whole sketch. <laughs> yes. Hang on. I'm going to SNL's YouTube right now to try to find it. Yeah. Why don't you kind of send me a link? I'm looking for my phone. Yeah. I'll watch it on my phone. Oopsies. It isn't on here. All right. I'm guessing it's a copyright thing. Oh, did they like sing a song? Yeah. I didn't think it was a real song though. <laughs> It was basically just old people forgetting the lyrics to an old George Gershwin song. And then they were like, okay, let's do the choreography. And Cecily Strong, Kate McKinnon and Keegan-Michael Key, they all turn to the side and like start spanking each other. And Mikey Day is like, that's not the choreography. And Keegan-Michael Key is like, then why do I remember it? It was really funny, but that was like the best part of the sketch. Okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty funny. I cannot believe I fully did not see that. Um, um, did you hear that? Six bongs? <laughs> yeah. Right. And then I heard you say good luck and it's 
that oh so that sketch whilst you were uh you were tidying your bongs um that sketch was called line and it was written by anna dresden okay and then yeah we went into our 10 to 1 which was Alex Moffat as a high school principal doing graduation and everyone in the crowd was like cheering for their kids, but like obnoxiously. And I did think it was funny. The lines that worked for me or the line that worked for me was Keegan-Michael Key chanting that uh, he was very proud um, of his little girl or he graduated magna cum loudly or loud, uh, magna, I, I don't know if he said magna cum laude or magna cum loudly, but either way I laughed because it was fucking funny. Yeah, Keegan-Michael Key, his character in this was just like really funny to me um, for whatever reason, just the way he was like hyping up his kid. Um, he, uh, <laughs> there, there was this white girl named Letitia and he goes, a white girl named Letitia. It was just, it was great. And so what I didn't like about that, I thought it was funny, but Alex Moffat saying, okay, I'm looking at the next name and I want all of you to be quiet. And it was like, uh, I know the joke was that they were like assuming the girl named Letitia was going to be black, but I still didn't like it. It was just, it felt icky. I don't know. But then again, there were like six or seven black cast members in the sketch. So I'm guessing if they were offended, they wouldn't have participated or let the line get through. I, I don't know. I, I, I've honestly, I have no fucking idea. And this one was written by Brian Tucker. Just Brian Tucker? Solo, solo work? <laughs> solo work. All it says is Brian Tucker. And Bob Baffert was written by Beck Bennett, Fran Gillespie, and Josh Patton, while Andrew Dismukes wrote his own thing. That checks because it was about his own great his own old mama old. and I mean I, I just thought he's like we called her that much to her protest and then he's talking about how he watched a Disney original Disney Channel original movie with a woman who was born in the 1800s what? that was so funny oh decom okay I get it that was <laughs> funny it was like I was like what the fuck is decom and then it, it then it checked um yeah there were two cut for times tonight the first being um raptus yes uh, yeah raptus which was keegan michael key was shot by he played psycho loke who was shot by baby d i think baby d was chris red um, yeah baby d was chris red and he was talking about how this guy just tried to off him and there was a line where he wasn't expecting a near-death experience when leaving Walmart. And I, I, I thought that was funny because, well, that's very relatable in today's day and age. Um, Literally, it showed him like walking out of Walmart with a flat screen TV in his <laughs> shopping cart. And he had a line about how he left the shopping cart in the parking lot. Yeah. Um, and he was saying that he doesn't even know why he got shot. He's sorry for sleeping with your baby mama when you were in prison. Also, he didn't snitch to the cops. They already had the information. He just confirmed. And then it's like, well, I did write it down, but er, they asked and I wrote, so I wrote it down and showed it to him. And it just keeps turning into, okay, this guy was a fucking snitch and he's sleeping with Egon Wodum and he's parenting the kid. And, like, he's like, we're going to get a nice house. And he called me I dad. Be- and I yeah. <laughs> it was like a domesticated gangster rapper and then it ends with that oh and like the chorus was him apologizing and saying i'm sorry and he's like even tupac was sorry and it's yeah like yeah tupac's dead um uh, but i thought it was funny at the end they meet up they apologize and chris red pulls a fucking scary ass looking gun on keegan and keegan's like yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah that was great yeah the second cup time was called sending drinks and it was apparently previously cut for time last week with Elon Musk. And so they did this sketch last week at Dress as well. And so somewhere there exists a video of this sketch with Elon Musk playing Keegan-Michael Key's character. Oh my like, gosh. I kind of want to see that. Yeah, <laughs> like, this was an interesting sketch. Honestly, I would have preferred this sketch be in the show like other than DJ Balls. Yeah, that one like 
I, I feel like this would have added more to the show than that. And it was basically two women, A.D. Bryant and Cecily, nope, A.D. Bryant and Kate McKinnon out at a bar. They are having, this is the first time they've been out in a year. And they're like, oh, what, we had to drive so long to get here. What part of New York is this? And the answer was Philly. And I fucking died laughing at that. But yeah, it was King and Michael Key and Bowen Yang sitting at the bar, sending over drinks and food and gifts to these two Oysters, women. 100 oysters that he brought oh. himself. Yeah. And Amy Bryant was like, I'm definitely not going to touch those. And Mikey Day was like, yeah, good. Yeah, I wouldn't. No. Um, they sent over their shirt. Kate McKinnon with Merlot hair was fucking hot. It was. Um, this was the one where they were both porn producers. Yes. Um, what they were there for. They were there for the porn producers reunion. Because Kate McKinnon was like, are, are they in town for a conference or something? <laughs> that was the response. And I was like, okay, this is funny. And then... Amy Bryant was like, oh, he's playing Scattergories. And King Michael Key tapped his ear and then just mouthed the word penis, which fucking sent me. I was laughing so goddamn hard. And this was written by Anna Dresden and Allison Gates. I fucking like Anna Dresden. She writes some funny shit. She does. This having cackling. I mean, she's one of the head writers, so I, I, I guess I, I mean, she deserves it. She fucking knows how to write a sketch, but come on, like, goddamn, go on. Yeah, sorry. this turned into some sort of, you know, oh, like, should I just go for it because it's been a year since I had sex, and uh, one of them sent an Elsa dress, and the other one sent a condom on a plate, and then they- <laughs> Which was crimped for her, for her, ple- not for her pleasure, it was like crimped life. for- her oh. inspector, some shit like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Oh my god. Uh, again, I liked it. And so then it turns into like Bo and Yang and Keegan Michael Key fighting with tiny swords to the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack, and they stab each other, but then they stand up and they're like, "End scene." And at that point, Eddie Bryan and Kate McKinnon are like, "All right, let's go." And one of them, I think it's King and Michael Key, was like, you know, we're both virgins, right? And they're like, yeah, no, we're, let's go. Let's do it. I, it was just fucking perfect. Really, truly. I wonder why that was cut for time when others weren't. Because it seemed like it got a lot of fucking laughter. Yeah, I was cracking up. All right. What did not hit for you? Um, the ESPN Michael Jordan documentary didn't particularly work for me I didn't even know the background of it but I was kind of just like wow we're just like making fun of gambling addictions here yeah ironically you and Steve have that in common that was his least favorite how about you mine was DJ balls fair I just uh okay I I, the boner jokes were funny but you need more than boner jokes to make a sketch work so yeah what were your runner-ups? So this is tough. I'm going to say that my runner-up was Olivia Rodrigo and her performances. Same. I, yeah. I have my runner-up is Olivia Rodrigo's performances with an honor- honorable mention to the Muppets. Okay. The Muppets were my favorite. <laughs> I, I had a feeling they would be simply because, you know, you're, you're very, not, God, I almost said Muppet averse. That's not it. You're very pro Muppet. Yeah. You could say I'm unfortunately a Disney adult at times. (laughs) Okay. You're not the worst Disney adult I've met though. My best was Andrew Dismukes on update. Aw, good for him. I, yeah, he was my cast member of the night. Did you have a? cast member that you thought you know what i'll say he was mine as well even though last week i also just piggybacked on yours <laughs> i know because i mean last week it was ego's show you can't dispute that shit it was her show last week like i am so fucking excited for next season same like i cannot wait to see what they do it'll be easier to get hosts because things are opening up again Yes, things are happening again, and we'll probably have a smaller cast. Uh, I mean, again, it's not that I don't love any of these people. I do. I just, 
COVID really fucked up the, a bunch of them leaving last year. And I get that, you know, you didn't get to end your fucking final season at 30 Rock. Like, I wouldn't want to do my final Saturday Night Lives over Zoom. I'd fucking hate yeah. that. I appreciate them coming back and wanting to finish out the season at 30 Rock. And I respect that. I don't have a problem with it. Like, did people somewhat overstay their welcome? Yes, yeah, sure. But you know what? It's a fucking sketch comedy show. Like, it's not that serious. And... It seems like the best fucking job in the world. So, so good, good for, for them. them. Um, yeah. So that was it for our show. Uh, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. It actually is super important. Um, and yeah, tell your friends and let us know what you think. Yeah. Hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and Reddit. Then we also have a website, satnighthighpod.com, or at satnighthighpod, with nice being spelled N-I-T-E on Twitter. And if you have a message that is longer than Twitter will allow, you can hit us up at Gmail, uh, satnighthighpod, at, you know, Gmail. Um, but yeah, that is it for me. We will be back next Monday with our recap of the season finale of season 46. Hosted by Anya Taylor-Joy. My little gay heart is so fucking happy. I think she's gorgeous. Uh, With musical performances by Lil Nas X. Fuck yes. I'm already pumped. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Happy highs. Happy highs.